if you ask me where I come from Here's what I tell everyone I was born by God's dear grace In an extraordinary place With the stars and stripes And the eagle fly It's a big old land with countless dreams And happiness ain't out of reach Hard work pays off the way it should Yeah, I've seen enough to know that we've got it good With the stars and the stripes and the eagle fly There's a lady that stands in a harbor For what we believe And there's a bell that still echoes The price that it costs to be free I pledge allegiance to this flag that bothers you, well, that's too bad. But if you got pride and you're proud, you do. Hey, we could use some more like me and you. Where the stars and the stripes and the eagle switchboard. Pick up your phone every day, every hour if need be, and call your representatives and tell them in no uncertain language to listen to the silent majority or else be thrown out on their hindquarters. It's toll free, and your taxes pay for it. Would you stand by and watch your family perish when you have the power to save them? Of course not. Then why are you doing that to your own country? one 866 340 
Perhaps you allow all this destructive, uncommon sense out of a distorted notion of tolerance. Remember what Aristotle said, tolerance is the last virtue of a dying society. You are tolerating the behavior that is destroying you. This wine was once rich, highly desired and admired, but when you dilute it with enough water, it stops being anything. Take back America now. Choose to be part of the second American revolution. Pressure, pressure, pressure. No presidential candidate, no political party can save you now. Only an aroused citizenry will turn this uncommon sense around. And he or she who does nothing now is helping them to destroy America. My name is Thomas Paine, and I approve of this message. I only hope to God you will too. And it's time for the shooting bench. If political incorrectness offends you, or if you don't like guns, or if you don't believe our government is corrupt enough to compare to 1938 Nazi Germany, this may not be the show for you, because for the next two hours, that's all we're going to talk about. You need to understand that there's a storm coming. You need to understand that the storm is building strength. And most of all, you need to understand that we are... Yes, it is time for the shooting bench. Welcome. It is the 27th of April, and it's a Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, as good as you can, as uh, great a weekend as you can, being locked down, depending on how many of you are complying with that. I know some some are, and some not so much. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Got a few other things to discuss, and, and uh, I think starting today, hopefully... For what period of time, I don't know. But for a little while, I will be back on a regular schedule. And we ought to have our, of course, things pop up pretty pretty frequently in this uh, election mess. So I'll, uh, I'll keep you up to date on all of that. On the petition challenge that we've done, we just got uh, a couple letters back from the county recorder's office today. And they put in, they went through the ones that we challenged, and of course they reduced it by about 70 signatures. So I, I don't know what the next step is. I'm going to have to talk to the lawyer tomorrow and see uh, what we need to do to follow up on this. I had, uh, we had uh, 592 or 562 or something. Uh, signatures that were bad, not counting some other statutory um, issues that were discounted or disqualified quite a few signatures. And they came up with 495. So I'm not sure if there's, uh, I've got two other people looking at this tonight to see, um, see what it looks like our next step will be. And, uh, and so if, if 495 is their official number, then we will have to either uh, dispute that with what with the findings that we already have and try to uh, 
try to convince them that we were right. Now, I don't think we'll get the full amount that we wanted to, but that's okay. I don't need the full amount. I need about, I need less than 200 more than what they have thus far uh, approved as rejected. So the ones that we put in that were bad on their list, they, they uh, said that there were that they were rejected. Others that we put on where that we rejected, they said were accepted. So if that makes sense to you. So when we get a little farther along here, another day or two of this, I'll, I'll update you and let you know. I should have a, an update for you, hopefully by Wednesday and see, uh, if my opponent is going to, um, respond to this or not. So far he has not that I'm aware of. So we'll see. I'll let you know. If he doesn't, then I win by default. It's it's over. So we'll see. Uh, they did the same type of a challenge to a very, very conservative uh, state senator, Sylvia Allen, and um, did the exact same thing to her that I did to this other guy, or, you know, found, uh, except hers that they turned in were mostly bogus and she has already responded to that and is very confident that her her stuff is okay and that she'll she'll fly this is not her this is not her first rodeo she's done this uh, numerous times so she's not she's not new to it by any means so. but anyway let's uh, let's look at some of the other things that's going on there are so many things going on all over there are mayors that are imposing uh, more restrictions. There are mayors that are lifting, I mean, I'm, I mean uh, governors, governors that are lifting restrictions. Actually, same with mayors as far as that goes. And there's some that have never done anything, like uh, I don't remember if it was North Dakota or South Dakota. They haven't done anything. It's been life as normal. And uh, the, the governor up there said, you know what, this is tyranny. We're not going there. We're not going to do this. And it's a, it's a female governor. God bless her for for sticking to her guns there. So I hope that she's got lots of support and everything goes well for her. Um, our governor, apparently, I haven't read this yet today, but Amy just told me that um, our governor has declared that he's going to open up restaurants, which I, I found that a little odd. I thought that he would probably open up churches first. But there's been no mention of churches yet, so we'll see what uh, see what happens here. But there are there are protests and rallies and and uh, there's been the little dabs of violence here and there. I think what Amy said there was three police officers shot down in Chandler, Arizona today, and there's just um, no shortage of stuff to talk about. Lots of things going on. And uh, I'm talking about churches being shut down. I was invited by a candidate for state representative here, uh, well, no, an hour ago. He is a, what he calls a co-pastor at a little church there in, in Sholo. And he said that they are going to, uh, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. They're going to 
uh, open up their church and have services Sunday just like normal. And I said, okay, I will be there and join you. It sounds like a, sounds like a good thing. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but, uh, we plan to go to church. We'll, we'll see. I'm sure that, uh, time I make a few phone calls and set out and send out a couple of texts, I am confident that we will have more congregants there than he has ever had. So I will definitely let you know how that goes next Monday. It'll be next Sunday that we're going to go there. So like I said, hopefully um, everything is squared away here. My schedule should be, should be uh, evened out here a little bit more stable now so we can, uh, rock and roll here and get things done the way they're supposed to be done. I saw that, um, uh, well, actually I heard part of it. It was, uh, um, Mother Earth and, and, uh, uh, Tinker come back and did a two hour show on Sunday. That was awesome. And, uh, good uh, informational type show like that. That will stay on the archives and, and come up from time to time. And that's what we're, what we're keeping on the archives is all the um, music stuff is is going away except for Liberty Lounge. And like I said, I've even I've even trimmed a few of those out of there. So uh, it's the information that I want on the uh, on the channel more than anything else. Liberty Lounge has been uh, a constant for six, almost seven years now. So uh, it's going to remain fairly constant. Like I said, I'm getting rid of some of them, but uh, that's part of part of what they uh, part of what they come here for. And everything Concreten has a uh, great channel on Podbean, so you can go catch all of his shows, and uh, you can listen live there also on uh, during Saturdays and Sundays for that show and. And when I am here and not caught unawares doing other things, then I've got them uh, both loaded up here also. I think I missed one of them here this last uh, weekend, but this uh, coming up, there should be no reason why I should do that anymore, at least not for a while. We'll see how the we'll see how the challenge things go. Okay, let's move on here to bigger and better things. Got a couple of good sound bites for you here in a little bit too. Um, in Grants, New Mexico, a lot of you that's been with me for quite a while, uh, knew that I was from Grants. I was actually from Farmington, but I, I lived in Grants for, um, several years. We moved over there when I was about 16 and, um, I left when I was 18, came back, I believe I was 19 and worked in on the drilling rigs there for a few years. And, uh, and when my folks lived there, you know, the whole time and it's several other kin folks lived there. And then I came back, opened up the horseback riding place in 98, late 98, early 99. And, um, so that's my, my history with grants during this time, my sister went to school. She's a couple of, uh, couple of grades behind me, actually four or five grades behind me, and went to school with this guy who is now the mayor of Grants, 
Now this guy's kind of unique, and I'm thinking about I'm thinking about uh, either calling him or going over there and getting a little interview with him. He's a Democrat. He looks like a Democrat. I don't know what Democrats look like, but anyway. But he is very constitutional, and uh, which is you know diametrically opposed to what Democrats typically do. But you know, maybe he's not typical. And he's uh, he's opened up the town. He's opened up the town of Grants. He said, "We're not doing this anymore. We're we're opening it up for business. Everything, everything, everybody, do what you want. Go back business as normal." The sheriff there, Tony Mace. I went to school actually. I didn't. He was a couple of grades ahead of me, but uh, his big brother was the one that that I knew before Tony. And uh, but Tony's a sheriff over there now, and he's a good constitutional sheriff. I've talked about him before on the show for different uh, different types of things. And uh, typically, I think what I br- I mean uh, uh, what I brought him on for or brought him in for by name. Um, to begin with, was his stance on red flag laws that he would not be enforcing them. So in this story, <clears throat> he has uh, the, the state police that said they would come file a uh, whatever they were going to file, some kind of order with them to uh, not do what they were doing. And, and it was going to come with a $5,000 fine if they continued to do it. And Tony Mace called him and said, um, we don't want or need the state police. You know, typically we work well together and, uh, uh, you know, we don't need the confrontation. We don't need the, uh, the, you know, muddy in the waters between us here. He's trying to be diplomatic, be nice about it. And initially they agreed to stay out. But they, as is so typical of certain types of people nowadays, they, uh, let me read you the update that they put on this story uh, after everything that I told you here. The update says, this is from KOAT TV, Channel 7 out of Albuquerque, said, um, the governor's Gestapo, that's not what they said. The New Mexico State Police reneged on their agreement with Sheriff Tony Mace to stay out of grants. They came in and served a notice of violation to the city for violating the governor's lockdown order. Apparently, the governor leaned on the chief of police, uh, the chief of the New, uh, New Mexico State Police. From KOAT, shortly after the mayor declared the city was open, the state police showed up at the town's golf course and gave them a notice of violation. It indicated if they uh, continued to remain open, they would be formally cited $5,000. That did not stop the mayor. Mayor Hicks is his name. He rushed to the golf course, told all the golfers who were coming off to get back on and finish their games. Um, uh, What's wrong? It says social distancing guys will get a shot of that. Not sure I understand what that statement means, but anyway, that's what he told the reporters while holding his arms up and walking towards a wide open golf course. He said, how is this for social distancing? He said, I'm going to come back and golf today for sure, and I haven't golfed in years. About 20 people were on the course at the time, uh, including city councilor Rick Lucero, 
who had just finished 18 holes. Mayor Hicks says that if the city is formally cited, he's going to sue the state in court. So, you know, for everything that we've said about Democrats ever since you know me, this one instance um, where he's not not uh, not the stereotypical Democrat by any remote stretch, but he's more of a more of a John F. Kennedy Democrat from from way back. So, and I think I'd like to talk to him. I think I'd like to see what uh, what makes him tick here. It might be kind of interesting. But anyhow, let me uh, hang on just a second. I've got something in. Let me check. That is no. That's okay. I can do that later. All right. Let me get back over here to where I was. Let's move on to um, another story here. I'm going to save that one for a little while. May not even do it today. One thing that does, you know, I told you I was to be back to my normal schedule. It'll be off just a little bit uh, due to some other things that's happening. I'll probably have to cut them, you know, five or ten minutes short. I'll, I will do my best to uh, get a complete show out of it, but uh, it, it may vary uh, from time to time by a few minutes. But I suppose hopefully that's better than uh, not making it at all. So here's here's another thing that's happening here. There's a gun shop in Massachusetts, and uh, he's done. He said, "You know what? I uh, damn all this. Said, I'm opening up." He said, "They're going to have to drag me out of here or kill me." He says he's he's defying the orders, and the gun shop is open as normal. This is. Uh, he had orders to close the shop, even after getting his uh, cease and desist letters. John Costa is the guy's name that owns Middleborough Gunrunner. Uh, says he won't comply. He said that guy's an idiot. He's talking about his uh, governor. He said that guy's an idiot. He's a liar. He's a rhino. He said I will not comply to this insane socialist governor. And that's why I won't close. He said the Constitution gives him every right to stay open. And that he only recognizes God and Trump. Um, now, the one thing I have to take exception here, and, and it's a common mistake, the Constitution doesn't give you anything. It only protects what you were, were born with. So, But uh, we'll let that go. Talk about that some other time. He said, I'll stick to my guns. You get it? I'll stick to my guns. I'll stick to the Constitution, which gives me every damn right to stay open. My boss, I have two leaders, God and Trump, no one else. Gun owner store open said the authorities would have to drag him from the shop or kill him for his store to close during COVID-19 pandemic. So good for him. He said other gun shops across the country had remained open during the pandemic. He said the authorities were using the pandemic to push the Second Amendment people out of business. They're not worried about the virus. They're using them as a backdrop to put us Second Amendment people totally gone, out of business. That's the way it is. He started out, he was carrying out curbside sales where the transaction took place in the vehicle. And he said it still wasn't clear whether such deals were covered by the stay-at-home orders or not. But, you know, they asked restaurants and and uh, a number of other base hardware, you know, every other business out there, they're doing sidewalk sales, curbside sales. Why not a gun shop? He added that the state was discriminating on firearm sellers by forcing them to stop curbside sales 
by allowing other businesses to operate. Now, if you carry the 4473 out there on a clipboard and call it in, whether you walk inside or do it with a cell phone while you're outside, doesn't matter. And if they pass, you give them the gun. That's how it works. Doesn't matter whether you're inside the store. It wouldn't be any different than going to a gun show or uh, something like that where you uh, uh, not actually in the shop. Now, the only thing I could see that this would be a problem uh, and the ATF could push it, it didn't mention it in the story, but they are not actually at the address that the FFL covers. Now, there's some ex- uh, some exceptions to that for uh, gun shows and whatnot. I don't know how it covers curbside sales. The address, uh, I would think, would be would start uh, what he's paying taxes on or, or whatever. His business is located behind the sidewalk uh, on the on this edge of the sidewalk farthest from the street. So curbside sales may not be to the letter of the law, may not be exactly legal. I don't know. He said, this is really funny. All the restaurants are doing curbside service, yet nobody's telling them they can't do it. How in the hell do they? Do you know if any of them people in the restaurant are not infected with the virus, meanwhile handling the food and give it to, giving it to us to take home? So there's several gun rights groups there have already filed lawsuits trying to get this uh, overturned. And uh, we'll talk about some other of those things here in just a second. I think we'll take a Take a little break here so I can eat up a few minutes and then we'll be back. And I got some other stuff for you that you might like. So stand by for just a minute there, would you? I'll be back. You packed your bags and shut the door. You crossed the sea to find a war. You didn't know just what would happen to ya Stepped in the dirt, boots on the ground And gunfire was the only sound And to yourself you whispered hallelujah Hallelujah
try each day, keep pushing through, but the battle is inside of you. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. is true that's who they were well when Khrushchev came over remember he pounded his shoe he met with a guy who was the secretary of agriculture for the Eisenhower administration his name was Ezra Taft Benson and then also uh, talked to him about agriculture in the Soviet Union this is what Ezra Taft Benson said about that meeting and listen carefully especially towards the end this is what he said about that meeting with Khrushchev and the communists back in the 1960s. Special note, and remember that Ezra Taft Benson's grandchildren are probably about your age now if you're in your 40s or 50s. Listen carefully. I have personally witnessed the heart-rending results of the loss of freedom. I have talked face-to-face with the godless communist leaders. It may surprise you to learn that I was host to Mr. Khrushchev for a half day when he visited the United States. Not that I'm proud of it. I opposed his coming in, and I still feel it was a mistake to welcome this atheistic murderer as a state visitor. As we talked face to face, he indicated that my grandchildren would live under communism. After assuring him that I expected to do all in my power to assure that his and all other grandchildren will live under freedom, he arrogantly declared in substance, you Americans are so gullible. No, you won't accept communism outright. But we'll keep feeding you small doses of socialism until you'll finally wake up and find you already have communism. We won't have to fight you. We'll so weaken your economy until you fall like overripe fruit into our hands. The warning from the 1960s from the Secretary of Agriculture, Ezra Taft Benson, We'll keep feeding you socialism until you realize you've already got communism. Welcome back to another segment of The Shooting Bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, we're back. Let's do this some more. Um, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, Doc, you ought, to, you ought to know about this, and I'm sure you don't like it. Of course, I know you're not a, a big fan of, of open carry anyway, I guess, in town, if I remember correctly. But nevertheless, um, whether you are or not, it's still the, the mayor of Jackson has banned 
open carry during this uh, pandemic here. Now, uh, it is absolutely unclear to me what he thinks he's doing here. He um, says he's, it's not permanent. He says it's suspended uh, for the period of time that they this outbreak is, is going on here. Says he was granted the powers under state law that allowed him to do this. The open carry law not only provides protection to individuals who are armed with illegal weapons, it creates an atmosphere of fear and intimidation to the community. And what that has to do with the virus, I am not, that is totally unclear to me. He said, we cannot continue to turn a blind eye to the fact that the open carry law has led to an increase in gun violence in our communities. It has not. In no, in no town, no place has open carry or uh, new concealed carry laws or anything um, had a uh, uh, result in an increase in gun crime, as they call it. So, you know, I, I was really surprised when all this started. I was flabbergasted, actually, that they, that uh, Homeland Security and um, and many of the mayors, even our mayor, our rhino mayor, here declared uh, gun stores and guns as essential. Now, of course, we agree with that. We think they are. It seems odd to me, though. It's totally backwards from what I expected. Um, I do expect, though, you know, at some point that this is going to is going to turn on a turn on us, and uh, I think some of this is going to change, especially when. Uh, more violence breaks out, and of course they'll blame it on the guns, and there'll be some changes made. There's no doubt in my mind. But uh, until then, I guess we'll just kind of hold our breath and, and step back and see what happens. So, um, let's let let's look at another. I, I had another um, story here, and I, I don't remember where I was at. I'll just have to tell you briefly because I neglected to save it. But there's a uh, young lady out there somewhere who has uh, runs a salon and haircutting place and everything, and she is defying the orders. She's saying it's business as usual. You need a haircut? Come on down. And uh, so God bless her for doing that. And she... She didn't seem to have any support or anything. She's uh, she's young and pretty and just jumped out there with both feet and said, "That's uh, this is where it stops right here." And uh, I am I'm damn sure proud of her for doing that. I'm proud of every every pastor and every every gun store owner and every barber shop and every restaurant and ever everywhere else that uh, is standing up to these these orders. I you know I I think that. I, I got a feeling that a lot of these orders will fail in court. I just don't think many of them, if any of them, are legal. I mean, I'm sure they have some legal standing to to some degree uh, with a little bit, a few of these things. But you know, closing closing restaurants, closing private businesses. Period. Now let's 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 review that for just a second. Um, this is, at least at this point right now, it's not like um, yelling fire in a crowded theater. 
know, your First Amendment rights are, there are exceptions to some of these rights. Um, you know, you, you can't, there's just some things you just can't do. Common sense seems to have a problem, uh, should dictate some of these things. So, yeah, you can't go in a crowded theater. They determined this many years ago and holler, and holler fire. So that doesn't apply to what they do. I haven't changed my stance on the COVID virus one bit because I know it is uh, much worse than the flu. Uh, maybe not in numbers and what it's doing, but I'm talking about the sickness itself is much, much worse than the flu. There are some permanent, uh, especially to some people, depending on the uh, degree that you have it, there are some uh, permanent, um, what should I say, permanent uh, damage, permanent damage to the lungs and stuff. It's uh, especially affecting uh, divers and, and some people that, um, you know, they depend on their lungs operating uh, correctly and at full capacity to do their jobs. And uh, so I haven't changed my mind on any of that. Um, but, you know, my mind from the beginning, I've said, my concern about this, I don't care. Everybody keeps sending me videos. You know, it started here. It started there. This person's responsible. That person's responsible. Listen to the expert. Listen to this expert. Listen to those experts. I don't care. Just stop already. I don't care where it came from. I don't care who started. I don't care how long it lasts. I don't care who it kills. I don't care anything about anything. What I care about is the are the rights uh, our, our our rights and freedoms that it's destroying the economy that it's destroying it's you know all the rest of that is it, it just comes with the territory you know i'm sorry about that that it, it has to happen but it's it's happening and that is that my major concern is not that it is our rights um you, everybody said, well, you should, you should wear this mask to stop the spread of the virus. Okay. I get that. And I, I, I support that. If you, you know, if you want to do that, then knock yourself out. I, it's mandating it. That's the problem. And there's some place here I saw a couple of days ago that is ordering people to wear a mask. That's not going to set well with some people. But if you're scared, if you're compromised, then stay home. You know, it's not that hard. That's you just because you're scared doesn't mean that I should sacrifice or compromise my rights in any way because you're scared. If you want to be scared, stay home and be scared. It's okay. But don't come out and be scared and think that I should do everything to to uh um, to suit you because you're scared. I'm not scared. So I'll do what I do and you do what you want to do. But if, if you're worried about me being out there, it's like the unvaccinated kids. If you think the vaccinations work so good, then why are you worried about it? And people are just, you know, I see people. I saw one yesterday down at Lowe's. He drives up. He's by himself in a car and the windows are up in a pickup. And, and he's driving into the parking lot with a mask on. Now, I I don't know why he, he thinks that his cab is full of coronavirus. And then he stops and gets out, 
adjust everything, hikes his britches up a little bit, takes his mask off, hanging around his neck, walked in the store. I can't tell you the number of people I see in Walmart and Safeway and and, and Lowe's and everywhere else and walking down the street with the mask on covering their mouth, but not their nose. They're not wearing gloves and they're not wearing glasses. So, but they um, told to wear the mask because it's a wonderful thing. And they're scared and they're going to wear the mask. These people still don't understand. I've said it before. These single layer cloth masks have pretty much zero effect on the intake of this stuff, on protection against the virus. And they have a very small percentage of protection on the outgo. As you exhale, it will catch some of the water droplets and, you know, there won't... uh, It'll retard some of the movement there, but not very much. Very small percentage. Now you can, you can double that. Increase it a little bit. You can sew some, some uh, fiber inside between the two layers. Increase it a little bit more. But many of these things are nothing but one layer of cloth. And people are just fat, dumb, and happy and think they're got the world by the, the, the tail here. With their little single layer mask. They do not do what you think they're doing. Especially when you drape it around your mouth and leave your nose exposed. So anyway. Um, let's. I want to play something for you here. And I hope that it comes out okay. Let me. I uh, should have had it ready. Let me, let me find it here real quick. It is a great. Uh, some of you may have heard, especially if you're Facebookers, especially, especially if you follow me on Facebook, you probably have already um, heard it. So if you don't want to hear it again, then get up and go get yourself a diet, Dr. Pepper, and, and uh, wait till it's over with and come back. So hang on a minute. i got to find it. I wasn't prepared. But uh, you really need to hear this. Amy, have you heard it? The uh, cowboy, you listened to me last, last. Yeah. Oh, here's that story. The salon owner rips up citation and defies order to remain closed. She said um, that comes from 100percentfedup.com. She said, I am not paying this. This was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. She is in North Dallas, Texas. Opened up in defiance of lockdown orders in the city. The defiant owner says that she'll ignore a citation and a cease and desist order from the city to shut down. This one act of defiance created a big protest one day, one day later, where salon owner Shelley Luther publicly ripped up the citation before a crowd of about a hundred people. God bless this lady. Emergency orders that non-essential businesses remain closed during the COVID-19 Crisis have devastated small business owners like salon owner Shelley Luther. She stood up for her right to open and then said she would not pay the fine she got from Dallas police officers. So, you know, they keep saying, you know, what people ask, what can one person do? One person can do this. One person can put up a sign in a gun shop and touch a lot of, you know, affect a lot of people's opinions here. She said, I'm not doing anything criminal, so they cannot arrest me. 
Well, actually they can, it's just that they shouldn't. The officers left the first time without taking action. The salon opened and welcomed customers despite orders from county and state for non-essential businesses to remain closed. There were a handful of people outside the salon supporting the owner's decision, which she says made despite the risk of which she's which she was which she says was made despite the risk of a stiff fine. She said, I want them to know we have rights, but if you cannot afford to pay us and feed our families and help us because the systems are so backlogged, then you have to let us work. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good for her. It's a little more to the story, but uh, you know, it kind of kind of repeats itself and some of the stuff a little bit. Little little video of her holding the microphone in one hand and tearing the cease and desist order up. And uh, then the the last thing in the story says: Should did she do the right thing? Should small businesses defy the shutdown orders? So then they're taking a little poll here to see what everyone thinks. Okay, I'm going to start playing. Let me turn my sound up here a little bit. I'm not sure how it'll come out on your side since it's not actually coming from the computer. It'll be coming from my phone. But hopefully it comes out good, well, because you need to hear this. All right, stand by. Here it comes. Wait, 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 wait. I forgot I still had my Bluetooth on, so let me start over. Stand by one second, and here we go. Hey, everybody, this is Shad Sullivan coming to you from the headwaters of Bitter Creek, Archer County, North Texas. We have to talk. State officials will be assisting to help identify potential alternative markets if a producer is unable to move animals and, if necessary, advise and assist on depopulation and disposal methods. Ladies and gentlemen, we are... Plowing under vegetable crops from coast to coast. We are euthanizing millions of chickens. We are aborting sows and burying feeder pigs. We are dumping milk by the hundreds of thousands of gallons. And now they are preparing us to depopulate the fat cattle ready to harvest. Because of a bottleneck created by the effects of COVID, this thing hasn't been created by COVID, but the effects of COVID and the logistics therein, we are in trouble. Our food supply is in trouble, and I am appealing to producers and consumers across the nation to start calling. Yesterday, the first shipment of imported beef from the country of Namibia hit the shores of the United States of America. And yet this morning, they are telling us to prepare to euthanize harvest-ready cattle. Am I the only one that sees a problem in this? It is time we get the American people back to work. It is time we get money flowing. It is time we get food on the shelves. Because if you're not concerned about this food supply problem, you better be. 
we have a huge supply and demand of food across this nation. We can feed the world ourselves, and yet we're destroying our harvests. At the same time, we are importing beef from other countries, beef that is less regulated than our beef, less safe, not as high quality of product, and yet it's happening. At the same time, they are preparing for us to euthanize our harvests. Does that make sense to America? For the last 10 years, we have been uh, pressed to be sustainable. I've said all along, sustainability is a fraud. And right now, we're being forced to destroy our harvests. That doesn't sound like sustainability to me. But it is part of the overall goal to vertically integrate your food system. You see, they cannot have control of the people unless they have control of the food, the water, the land, production. It is time we get back to work. It is time uh, the American people force uh, the government to listen to us. We are of, by, and for the people. This is not Nancy Pelosi's country. This is not Donald Trump's country. This is your country, and you're going to go hungry. We must get regional and local packing houses up and going. Do we have to have those big, big packing plants? You bet we do, and they need to be running right now. We need help. You as a consumer are in trouble. My dad told me years ago the best thing that would happen to America is if everybody had to sit in the dark, cold, and hungry, and that would wake them up. Well, I think it's coming. We're in a dangerous position, ladies and gentlemen. We need to get inspectors into these small plants. We need to get better inspectors. We need to get going on this today, not tomorrow, today. You need to be calling your legislators. We need to be opening up the country. Your food supply is in danger. Ranchers are going broke every day. We're doing all we can to stay here. We are in crisis in America. This is a crisis. This is a national crisis. And everybody's just sitting back enjoying their time off, enjoying that $1,200, not knowing that overnight you're going to go hungry. It's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we need your help. We need your help today. Everybody, all hands on deck. It's time. We need you to go to USA, uh, demandusabeef.com, sign the petition for country of origin labeling. People want to know where their food comes from. I don't want any beef out of Namibia. I don't want any beef out of Brazil. I want my own beef. I'm blessed to be able to eat my own beef, but a lot of you aren't, and you need the freedom to choose your product. Demand mandatory country of origin labeling. Demand that these people get back to work. Where have our patriots gone? Where are you? I ask you that today. This thing's going to be incredibly tough overnight. It's already tough. You think the shelves were empty two weeks ago. You just wait. We have a bottleneck in this processing facility and the logistics in this uh, transportation system of our food supply. You think we're not in trouble? We are. I'm sorry. My tone is so bad. I'm so upset. But we have got to get this going today, ladies and gentlemen. 
We appreciate your support. Producers, start reaching out to consumers. Forget these associations. Forget all of the the corrupt bullcrap that's been going on. We got to put a stop to it too. It's time. My apologies for my tone. I'm worried about my country. Try to make it a good day, you guys. Okay, there you have it. And uh, I know that you uh, remember here, what, a month ago, six weeks ago, something like that. And I told you then that we were going to have a food shortage. It's going to get worse. And for those of you that uh, keep delaying and, and, and postponing going out and getting extra food and, and putting it away, you're going to regret it. I absolutely promise you. And you're going to regret it soon. You need to start looking at um, a simpler, more basic way to have dinner. You know, there's uh, 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 10,000 different, very different, very delicious ways to fix, you know, the beans and rice and, and different types of things. Not that that's all you need to store, but um, we just had a, just finished off a pot of, of, uh, some type of a bean stew that Amy made, and damn, it was good. Man, alive. If that's all I had to live on from now on, I wouldn't be a, an unhappy man. It was delicious. But um, you can, uh, you know, there's just uh, many, many things that you can do. When we need to not, as prices go up and availability goes down, we need to be able to supplement that with other things, up to it, including survival tabs. Those of us that have purchased lots of survival tabs, that can uh, that can help when things really start. Excuse me, when things really start going to pot here, um, you know, you might want to supplement your meals, make your meals a little smaller. Have uh, one or two survival tabs to add the nutrients that you need and go on about your business. But whatever it is, you need to start making some plans and start thinking about what happens when this supply chain pops, when it breaks. And uh, I know that a great many people, I hope the Shooting Bench listeners are not amongst those people. We have talked about this so many times, so often over the years about uh, preparing for this kind of thing. Well, it's here. I've said this several times over the last two or three months. It is here now. It's not a game anymore. It's not a what if. It's not a maybe. We're in the in in the uh, a little a little farther than in the beginning stages. I mean, we're not right in the middle of it yet. But you need to not wait until we're right in the middle. Take advantage. Go to Walmart and the Safeway stuff right now. There's still shelves of stuff unrelated to anything else. Toilet paper, and that's still kind of in short supply. But other things, get stuff that's on sale. Doesn't matter whether you like it too much or not. Um, and of course, you don't want to get something that you hate and won't eat or doesn't agree with you. But you can't be too terribly picky right now either. You better start, um, you know, making sure you've got some stores put away. Because we're going to get up here one morning and uh, you ain't going to do it again. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's going to last long enough to put a lot of people 
in a bad, bad way. If they don't, uh, you know, if you've got a, a lot of stores right now, you need to go back, organize it, get some of your oldest stuff and start working on that stuff now. Start eating as much of that as you can and replacing it with the, with similar newer stuff. I know we've got a lot of stuff put back that's, that's, uh, pretty old and we need to go back and, and get into that and we need to start using it and we need to start doing it now and start replacing it with new food. And I, I hope you guys are, are taking this serious. You may or may not. I don't have any idea, but, but, uh, but it's here. So take it for what it's worth, whatever you want to do with it. I don't care. I do care. I wouldn't, if I didn't care, I wouldn't, wouldn't have wasted my time telling you all this to start with. All right, let me look and see. I think we're about done. Let's see. That's about grants also, so we'll leave that alone. You see where they're killing chickens? Um, there was one chicken house burned down, killed 300,000 chickens, and they're supposed to euthanize 2 million of them somewhere back east. They say it's not going to have a, a terrible effect on the food chain. How does 2 million chickens, 2.3 million chickens, not have some effect on the food chain? That's still unclear to me. So anyway, I have every intention of being back Wednesday on time with new stuff. I have absolutely no doubt that in two days there's going to be plenty of new stuff. There is new stuff every hour happening right now. So i got to go take a blood pressure pill, and I will see you guys Wednesday night, and I appreciate you joining me tonight.